warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters. Welcome back to the final episode of our OJ Simpson series. Unless you're a patron, but that's different. Today we are going to go over just the last little bit, just the last smidge. And I'm so excited for it. What about you, Tara? Are you you ready? I'm ready. I'm so ready. I I feel like Tara knows this about me. I have become obsessed with this case. And it's probably good that this is our last episode, or I might never recover. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) However, I am surprising Tara right now. And I'm redoing my verdict section. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> in a in a text, she was like, "Too late." And I was like, "No, I'm just gonna redo it on the next episode because I left out some key things." We know that he's found not guilty, but there's some vital parts of this that I missed. One of it is that when they so October first, they're like, "Okay, everything's done." Judge Ito says tomorrow the jury's going to come in and do deliberations. Mind you, the second that they were like, okay, we're going into deliberations, all of the jurors had to pack in everything every single day. Oh. I remember hearing this when people were talking about it. They were like, oh my God, the jurors had already packed their bags. No, like literally they were told to pack their bags (laughs) to like bring that shit in. Once they were done, like once the verdict is read, everything is done. They don't go back to the hotel they go to like their home they're free right yeah exactly so october 2nd they get in and they start they start deliberating it's a little after like nine o'clock in the morning when they start this process the four woman who was elected is armanda cooley and the first thing she did was like i think we should pro she's like i've never been a four person before so we should like decide how we want to do this. And everyone kind of was like, I think we should take like a straw vote. And so they did a secret ballot and it was 10 to two. One of the jurors would come out later and say like, it was me. I voted that way. But another one would never come out and say that they thought he was guilty. They go, they start going through all of the evidence and they, the big questions that they had were around uh, the limo driver. So they actually went back into court and the like the court reporter like read the limo driver's testimony, which was like 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's just a court reporter reading it like not very enthusiastically, just monotone reading. Jeffrey Tubin says in his book that he almost fell asleep. So he decided that once they left, he wasn't going to go back when they broke for lunch. 
They break for lunch, which is like an hour, hour and a half, and the jurors decide not to go back out and they take another vote because they have no more questions about Park and they take another vote and it's 12-0. So at 3 p.m. on August, on October 2nd, they hit the button that indicate, there's like a button that they hit like three times and that indicates that they have a verdict. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin says that in his book, he literally was like, I'm just going to run upstairs for a little bit and like visit my friend and like while he was there it had been like maybe an hour he get the guy gets the phone call that it's like it's been decided they come in judge ito says you know what we're not gonna today we're not gonna read the verdict go back to your hotel the hotel throws the jurors a party and they have like a champagne mixer this is a this is the part like i really wanted this to be known Mm -hmm. like a, a waiter was like to one of the jurors is like, what did you guys vote? And he, the guy just says N to him as a not guilty. Yeah. Also, the sheriff deputies were like, how are you voting? Tell us, tell us, tell us. And the sheriff deputies then called their friends who were guarding OJ Simpson. So OJ Simpson knew it was a non-guilty verdict before he went into the end there. He was, like, really happy. That's why, like, he didn't seem stressed out about it, right? Mm-hmm. And then they come in the next day, and at, at 10.07, history is made, where he's acquitted of two murder charges. So there's that. There's two pieces of evidence that I forgot to mention, which we're going to discuss the theory at the end. And so I have to mention these because both of them tie into my theory. I was a little chaotic. I had so much stuff (laughs) to go over. The first one is that the prosecution had one piece of evidence that they were like, aha, we have this. They had a receipt uh, from like a cutlery place and they'd actually gotten the owner and the salesperson from the cutlery place to come and testify during the preliminary trial. Now, if you remember, the preliminary trial was still under Judge Mills. Mm -hmm. Judge Ito hadn't stepped in yet because he hadn't been appointed. O.J. Simpson's like, hey, the knife that they're talking about is in my closet. So Shapiro sends a dude over. They see the knife is there. The box is unopened. The knife is clean. It's it's an unused knife. And the prosecution thinks they have this like gotcha. Like he just went out in like late May and bought the knife. So Shapiro then goes to judge Lance Ito because they know each other and says, hey, I need you to get a third party person to go over to OJ Simpson's house and collect this. That way there is no contamination. So Shapiro arranges this but doesn't tell the prosecution this at all. This is like the prosecution has no idea about it. Judge Ito gets one of his longtime like judge friends to go retrieve it. And he puts it like he goes and gets it and puts it in a sealed envelope and gives it to Judge Ito. Judge Ito doesn't know what it is. Like he doesn't really know what it is. Mm -hmm. So his very first day when he comes into court, he has the fucking knife in the envelope. And they're like, what is that? And they open it up and it's the knife and it destroys prosecution's evidence because the knife in question matches the receipt and it is unopened and unused. Mm-hmm. It will tie into my theory later. Gotcha. The other th- one is I forgot to mention really fast is in the bron- in AC's Bronco when OJ was visiting Nicole, they found a disguise kit. It had like spirit gum, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically like beard glue. But it's like, if you've ever been a theater kid, you'll know (laughs) that spirit gum is like from hell. Like once you get it on, it it takes an act of God and then some (laughs) to get it off of your body. And it was like a custom looking kind of beard kit. And it was purchased on May 27th. So 
a little bit before the murders. Those are the two pieces of evidence that I wanted to. Where we left off is O.J. Simpson walked out because that's what happens when you are acquitted of murder. You don't go back to prison. You don't go back in. He literally like walked out. Mm -hmm. He got in a van with Bobby Kardashian and went back to Rockingham. Yep. And it was like, bye-bye. That's literally what happened. And at this point in time, he lives it up. Literally the star, like the magazine star, paid him to have a party there and ran all of those pictures. So he made money like right off the bat when he got out. The Goldman family and the Brown family and Ron's mom, Sharon, were like, we're not going to let him get away with this. So they decided to file civil suits. Well, there's two types of civil suits that you can file against. The first one is what the Goldmans do, and that's a wrongful death suit. The definition of that is that uh, this can be brought up by an heir for loss of financial support or loss of emotional support. Uh, depending on the relationship. So that's what the Goldman's filed under. Interestingly enough, like his mom, like we talked about in the in the episode where we got to know Ron, like his mom hadn't really had a relationship with him since like he was like seven, six or seven, but she filed a wrongful death suit and was um, awarded monies eventually. We'll get there. The Browns decided that they didn't want to put Sydney and Justin through this kind of thing because sure. they would be the beneficiaries of it. So they did a survival suit against the assault and battery that resulted in Nicole's death, uh, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. So Ron Goldman's dad, uh, Fred, was represented by Daniel or Daniel Petrocelli. Uh, he was the plaintiff. And then Simpson or OJ was represented by Robert Baker. Judge Horatio Fujisak was the one who was over the trial. And Unlike how Judge Ito was like, cameras, please, yes, yes, yes. This judge was like, get the fuck out. Like, I don't want any kind of anything in here. And he basically banned the courtroom sketch artist. Was like, get the fuck out. Opening proceedings starting started on October 23rd, 1996, which is basically a year and some change after his not guilty verdict. It wouldn't last too long. It would end uh, in, on February 5th of 1997. And the difference is, is like, they were in Santa Monica. So they were in like a wealthier, more affluent area. OJ was found, he was found liable for the wrongful death and battery of Ron Goldman and the battery against Nicole Brown Simpson. And he was ordered to uh, pay three hundred or $33.5 million in damages. Wow. Yeah, Tara's face was like, excuse me? <laughs> OJ uh, could not pay that, obviously, or would not pay that, obviously. Um, so he actually ended up auctioning off his Heisman Trophy for $500,000. Then he moved his ass to fucking Florida because his house basically got foreclosed on, Rockingham. And in July of 1998, the new owner demolished it, was like, fuck this shit. I kind of like that. He was the owner of the very famous Jerry's Deli in LA. And I was like, that's kind of ballsy. It's reported that in June of 2022, so very many years later, Fred Goldman, Ron's dad, basically was like, we are going to keep fighting for this. And OJ basically now with like fucking interest in shit 
owes him $96 million. Holy shit. But OJ moved to fucking Florida, Mm -hmm. which basically protects his pension and protects any assets that he has. And we know that from the book, uh, if I did it when Mm -hmm. he wrote it, he put it in, he puts all of his shit in shell corporations. He asks to get paid in cash. So the Goldmans spend their life fighting for this. And I know a lot of people are like, well, that's money grabbing and blah, blah, blah. And they shouldn't do that. But the truth is, if they don't go after this money, then OJ is not held accountable for the de- exactly, for their exactly, and that's what it's about. My thing is, everyone go buy a copy of If I Did It because mm-hmm. then it it helps it helps OJ. Like you know, somebody's telling him like, "Oh my god, that book is selling," <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, the money I could have had." It's just like a big, big middle finger to the juice. So, uh, yeah, so. That would not be the end of his legal troubles. And I'm going to hand it over to Tara, who's going to tell us about how he got into the big, the second biggest trouble of his life. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to jump to 2007. As you guys might be aware, if you're familiar with his life, he did end up in prison, but it wasn't for the murders. So what I let me just like, I'm going to I found the best thing ever, guys. So I found an article that was like years later, one of his accomplices is spilling the tea. And then we have another one from his, uh, his last parole hearing on OJ's version of what happened. So we will go through (laughs) both of those. But just to kind of like put it in perspective for you, here are the counts from this situation we're gonna go over. So there's 12 total. Okay. We have conspiracy to commit a crime, conspiracy to commit kidnapping, conspiracy to commit robbery, burglary while in possession of a deadly weapon, first degree kidnapping with the use of a deadly weapon, first degree kidnapping with the use for deadly weapon again for because there was two people, robbery using a deadly weapon for both people, for Bruce and Alfred, assault with a deadly weapon times two against them two, and then coercion with a deadly weapon for each of them. Show. Lots of lots of like felonies and stuff like that. Let's go into this. So the accomplice they talked to in this, they talked to I think more than one. This is going to go based off of the 2020 special about this and you can see like it's nice cuz it's like you can see all the footage and everything um from the mm-hmm. hotel. So, okay. It's crazy. Like this was not that long. Like the anniversary was not that long ago. So on September 3rd of 2007, Michael McClinton said he found himself walking out of a Las Vegas hotel with OJ Simpson and four other men still reeling from what had happened. I'm like, okay, drama. So he said, <laughs> the minute I walked out, I knew we were getting ready to have a huge problem. Basically, they ended up at the Palace Station Hotel and Casino. One of OJ's friends, Charlie Elric, agreed to pose as a buyer and meet with two sports memorabilia sellers who claimed to have some of OJ's items. Um, And that would be the two victim names I mentioned earlier. So all this shit is like what happened in the room. And the room was 12.03. So why OJ was even there was because like one of his friends named Tom Scotto was getting married and he was supposed to be the best man. And all of OJ's little friends are there. Everybody's there. I love that it's like, I'm supposed to be some person's best man, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go do do this. Do something. 
nefarious. Tom had been reported to say, quote, he, meaning Simpson, was more excited for me to get married than I was. My wedding was a four-day event. We had parties every night. He learned from Tom Riccio about this, this memorabilia, right? And Tom said he got a call from a dude named Al Beardsley. And basically, he said that this guy told him, Tom, I have all of OJ's trophy room. That'd be a lot of stuff that he could get a lot of money for. Right. Mind you, OJ has sold it off over yes, the years. Yes, exactly. Which is like why I was eye rolling when you were talking about like the Heisman Trophy and stuff. Because I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and um, Riccio said, I called OJ and OJ said, look, Tom, this is not memorabilia. These are personal artifacts that were stolen from me. My football that I was holding in my arm when I rushed for 2000 yards. The ring from my wife who died when I was going to give to my daughter. And then he kept talking about a photo signed by J. Edgar Hoover, where apparently on it he put he was a big fan and a fine young man. Okay. Right. And then Tom says, OJ said, everyone thinks nothing bad happens to me. Here I am being robbed. Why don't we show the world that I have to go by myself to get my stuff back? And of course, he's doing like classic manipulation with that statement. You know, his buddy Tom, he comes over to the Palms where OJ's at and they get Charlie involved since he was also there for the wedding and all of that shit. So basically, Charlie said that Simpson turned to him and said, these two individuals who I did business with have my merchandise that used to belong to me. I need someone I could trust to go up there or go see what it is. OJ asked that, you know, like, go act as like he's a buyer, like gonna do that. And Charlie's like, bet, um, I got you. Makes sense. And so another person involved is Walter Alexander, and he's friends with OJ, too. He said he had just landed in Vegas when he got a call from OJ saying like, hey, come meet up or whatever. And Alexander was with Michael McClinton at that time. So they went over there to the Palms. And when they got to OJ's room, Alexander said he was talking with like with Tom, with Riccio to try to like get this all situated. Right. So Alexander said Riccio left and then I sat down and we started laughing and talking about the past. Then all of a sudden the conversation got serious. He wanted to get his stuff back. He was like, hey, man, will you watch my back? So I said yes. And then after I said yes, he leaned a little closer and said, by the way, can you get some heat? Meaning a gun. Ooh. I don't know why I make you such a big like, I know what happens. I know. We, we already know what happens. So Alexander said he hesitated, but then McClinton spoke up and said, quote, he had plenty of heat. Clinton ran a small security company and had a concealed weapons permit, and he gave Alexander one of the guns. And OJ asked him, would you go with me to be my security? And McClinton says, sure, I'll go with you. Um, and he says, little did I know it was going to turn into what it did. It's like, he's literally asking if you have a gun on you. Like, what do you think is going to happen? True. Not good things, probably. Oh, and then Alexander said to OJ, um, so what if they call the police? He said, OJ looked at me and he used a four-letter word that starts with a F and ends with a K. <gasps> the police, what they got to do to take me to jail for taking my own stuff. I just love that it was... They couldn't say fuck. No, 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 they couldn't. <laughs> it starts with an F and ends with a K, guys. It's it's fine. Okay, so then OJ and a couple of them, they all get over there to the palace station. You can you can watch the there's footage like they're 
There's like a pack of them. There's like, I'm going to let this fucking play again. There's one, two, three, four. There's like five, I think, of them. But yeah, like they got all because it's a fucking casino and hotel. Like, of course, there's shit. And it's just so weird to me because I'm like, I just found it kind of weird. I guess it's Vegas. So whatever. But it's like there's these dudes walking out with all of these boxes and like obviously boxes with like picture frames and stuff in them and i'm just like they got so much shit and no one's like it also is like oj simpson this is true yeah because it's not like he concealed he was just in like a regular shirt and pants well think about it like the fact that he's wearing or just like he's carrying a box of shit with his face on it people are like at that point nobody's thinking anything of it because they're like oh he probably had like a show or something Mm -hmm. i'm also just so that you guys know while tara's talking i am um, on the internet looking at oj simpson merch that's online for sale and there is a <laughs> there is a vintage seven piece signed oj simpson nesting dolls Ju- it's oj simpson judge Ito, marsha clark oh my God. yeah it's <laughs> oh my god i'm like what the fuck is happening Good lord okay <laughs> so another person that's involved with this is clarence cj stewart this was just another friend he reached out to CJ basically to have like a getaway car. CJ said, OJ said, man, I got 15 minutes to get there. You don't even have to get out of the vehicle. Just please don't leave me there. And I said, leave you where? And he said, we're going over to Palace Station. You remember that guy by the pool? Referring to Tom Riccio. He's meeting us over there. And so CJ drove, you know, over there with OJ and the two other dudes that were with him. And they got over there and... Yeah, basically, Elrich said when he got there that he and Cashmore got, which is CJ, got out of the car. And his part of the plan was to go into the hotel room to pose as a buyer. Elric said two seconds, like when they're going up there, two seconds later, my right hand to God, I look down the hallway. I see OJ, this guy, Clarence Stewart, CJ, and these two black guys, McClinton and Alexander, who were... I like how he describes their outfits, who looked like they were out of Miami Vice, slicked back hair, Versace glasses, suits. And I go, who the bleep are these guys? I'm like, oh, boy, this is a typical OJ move. Yeah, we figured that out by now. (laughs) And then he continued, no one knew anybody. And it was going to the gunfight at the OK Corral. (laughs) Oh, no. We all barged into the room. The guys in the room were shocked to see Mr. Simpson. And then on the flip side, the victims have talked as well. And they said that he had he had on a face that was just rage. First thing that went to my mind was it was a firearm. So I pinned him against the wall and said, no, no, don't do that. Next name Simpson, you could hear his voice. And then OJ goes, pack up the stuff, pack up all the stuff and let's get out of here. And basically... What OJ didn't know at the time was that Riccio sometimes recorded conversations and recorded the audio of this whole thing. Oh, Jesus. Yes. And on the tapes, you can hear OJ screaming, you think you could steal my bleep. Probably shit. And then, like I said, these guys, they grabbed everything they could, including autographed game balls, plaques, Joe Montana lithographs, baseballs signed by Pete Rose, neckties, and other stuff which i'm like you're supposedly only going there to get your stuff so like 
Yeah. Confusion. Confusion. Is he trying to say that that was like his? His collection. Yeah. Um, Alexander said, I actually went and snatched the cord off the wall and took Bruce's cell phone. I didn't want him to call the police. I wanted to get a chance to get away and figure out how I was going to deal with this mess that I got myself into. It was stated that I pointed the gun, and I can tell you now, being as honest as possible, I never pointed that gun at anybody, McClinton said. Alexander admits he did pull out the gun he was holding for a split second. He said, the minute I pulled the gun out, I'm like, man, this is a robbery. You know, this is going to be on national news. You could go to jail for this. It's like, no shit. Uh, And then Elric said, we just did an armed robbery. Nothing bad had happened in OJ's mind. Everything's good. He was happy. He just thought it was the funniest thing. Who is fucking surprised? McClinton says, OJ was inebriated. He was definitely drunk and it was all funny to him. He kept just saying, no guns. Just say there wasn't guns. I knew he was full of shit. And I thought something was going down with it. Somebody was smart. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the other dude uh, had a phone and Beardsley called 911 and literally told them we were just rubbed at gunpoint by OJ Simpson. So... It's like you're fucking O.J. Simpson. Like, (laughs) it's not like you're a nobody or people are going to be like, I don't know. He was a tall black man. Like, people are going to be like, he was fucking O.J. Simpson. Like, it's you're internationally known. Exactly. And then uh, he said that the police were really lax about it, that they said, so you were robbed by O.J. Simpson. Who else was here? Al Cowlings. Not surprised that, you know. There's cops in his pocket, just saying. But the next day, he was questioned by police, but not arrested. And on the 15th, the the wedding happened. But Walter Alexander, he got busted. So he said, he got. I got to the airport and I went to check my bags. The police came up behind me and said, are you Walter Alexander? And I said, yes. I knew it was going down. By the 16th of September, they arrested OJ and they took everybody else in. And they, like I said, they were charged with all of those counts that I listed before we started this clusterfuck. And then let me just give you kind of like some highlights on what OJ was saying. Oh, I also have this little snippet from, I don't know if it was from the incident report or what I was, I was reading some document, but... Here we go, guys. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. This comes from something with LA Times. The day after the incident, so before he was arrested, he did a 20-minute interview with LA Times. And of course, they asked about these allegations. And he says, quote, I'm OJ Simpson. How am I going to think that I'm going to rob somebody and get away with it? Besides, I thought what happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. You've got to understand this ain't somebody going to steal somebody's drugs or something like that. Or this is somebody going to get his private belongings back. That's it. Not a robbery. But those weren't your belongings anymore, sir. You sold them. The money in which you received was trans uh, the transaction. Right? <laughs> And basically, like, everybody gets sentenced to to prison because, you know, we got felonies in this uh, by December of 2008. And essentially for OJ, it's a minimum of nine years in prison after which he would be eligible for parole with a maximum of 33 years for the sentence. No surprise. We all know he fucking got out. He got released on October 1st, 2017. And what was some some things he said there about, you know, this crime? He said, 
I haven't made any excuses in the nine years I've been here, and I'm not trying to make any excuses now. And (laughs) he said, it's been ruled legally by the state of California that it was my property and they've given it to me. One of the victims, so Bruce, spoke favorably of OJ at the hearing, which is interesting considering like after the fact. And the quote from him says that were, you know, meaning OJ, he was led to believe that on that day, there was going to be thousands of pieces of his memorabilia, pictures of his wife from his first marriage, pictures of his kids. He was told there was going to be a possibility, his wife's wedding ring, thousands of things. He was misled about what was going to be there that day. Was he though? I don't think he was. Exactly. And then he also stated to the committee that OJ never held a gun up to him. You're still part of an armed robbery, sir. Yes. So, yeah, he he served nine years. And like I said, he was released October 1st of 2017. And he has been out since. As far as OJ today, he was like being BFFs with Casey Anthony, like we already saw because of Pat McKenna. Fucking Pat McKenna. (laughs) A weird connection there. He's very active on Twitter. It's true. He likes to do video recordings and post them. Yeah, he likes to weigh in on like... On football and all that. Yeah, that's what all the recent posts He just... What was the one where he just weighed in on? There was like a murder one that happened. Oh, it was the the Southern lawyer dude. (gasps) The Murdoch case. The Murdoch case. He Mm -hmm. was like, let me tell you. And then like kind of... And I was like, fuck you, OJ Simpson and your dumbass. Literally. Literally. You want to hear some fun shit I found on the internet? Oh my God. Yes. That's what we need to wrap this And then we'll talk my theories. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Okay. So remember, the trial happened in the 90s. Yeah. What child's toy or children's-ish toy was super big in the 90s? Not a thing now. Pogs. Pogs, yes. You can get on eBay a 90s OJ Simpson trial pog coin aluminum metal set of nine. Oh, my God. It has... OJ Simpson, it has Marsha Clark, Mm -hmm. it has Robert Shapiro, it has both Ron and Nicole, it has AC or Al Cunnings, it has Johnny Cochran, it has the murder weapon with the (gasps) gloves. Gross. And it has Judge Lance Ito. Gross. You can purchase that for $85. No thanks. (laughs) This is the (laughs) only one I would ever consider purchasing. It is a mugshot of OJ Simpson where someone has drawn a like a evil little like mustache <laughs> and thing, but that's three hundred and seventy five dollars. Oh God! <laughs> there is a Pog Slammer if you remember how to play, which I don't think anyone really knows how to play Pogs. But mm, yeah, no, that wasn't my thing. Where it had has OJ like behind bars, and it said it says OJ guilty or innocent, but it says he's in the or it says OJ in the Slamma. Oh my God! <laughs> People were like real up on this. Yeah, they were. There's a button. This is one's this this one's fifteen dollars, so this is economically purchasable. It's of Robert uh, Shapiro and OJ Simpson, and it says, "My client is not getting justice," <laughs> which is a soundbite from Robert. You can purchase like things. One thing that was interesting is like the Funko Pops that are mm. um, 
like the Trojan, the Tommy Trojan, oh. O.J. Simpson has signed a bunch because he went to USC. Gotcha. There, <laughs> there is a O.J. signed autographed with him wearing the fucking shoes. Oh, my God. This is the one that I do want, though. Mm-hmm. It is the John Travolta signed People vs. O.J. script. Oh. Uh, it's 60 pages of what he signed on for. Okay. You can purchase every single lawyer in that case's signature, hmm. and they range anywhere from like $59 to this one that has OJ and Cochran in it. And it is almost $600. Hmm. So there is eight pages of shopping uh, for that. I am so. all set. <laughs> Me too. All right. Well, shall you tell Theory time? Theories. Theories. And then we will be done with OJ unless you're a patron. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a theory? Besides OJ did it? No, you can't. This is your time to shine, friend. You you do it. I'm just here. <laughs> I know, but I just I'm wanted sorry. to give you I'm tired. You no, 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 no. Do you, boo-boo. Okay, guys, this is my theory. My theory takes us back to March mm-hmm. of 1994 when Nicole and OJ and kids go with Chris and Caitlyn mm, Jenner yes. to Mexico. Mm-hmm. My thought is either there or shortly after getting back, they have a huge fight and split. And it's this is the time where if you know anything about abuse, like domestic violence, there's like the cycle of abuse. Mm -hmm. And OJ's fucking steamed and pissed and blah, blah, blah. And then they kind of like start working out and start talking. And then he love bums. Mm -hmm. So we move to Nicole's birthday is May 19th, which is the day before my birthday. But for Mother's Day and uh, for her birthday, OJ bought her jewelry. Nicole originally accepts the jewelry, but I think somewhere between May 19th and May 27th, Nicole has a conversation with OJ where she returns the jewelry. Mm. We know that she returns the jewelry because he talks Mm -hmm. about giving it to Paula Barbieri. Right. Mm -hmm. Because he has this jewelry and he doesn't know what to do with it. Right. I think this is the moment Nicole is like, I'm ending the cycle. Mm-hmm. I'm done. We're not getting back together. Fuck this. Like, I, there's no more Nicole and OJ. Mm-hmm. We're done. Right. And I think something flips in his mind, which is, if I can't have her, no one can have her. I agree. And I think he went out and he bought that disguise because he was setting it up. And then he goes out and he buys that knife because I think he has something that's pretty much similar to it already. Mm -hmm. But he buys a knife that he's never going to use and he stashes it in his closet because the murder weapon that they find is clean. Mm -hmm. So the knife that he owns that is just like this is clean. I think OJ is just laying in wait. He has made up his mind. I think he's had several conversations with her about getting back together and just keeps talking and it just keeps festering in him. Mm -hmm. And then we go to June 12th. I think... With Bar with uh, Paula that morning being like I want to go, and I think the reason that he- the reason OJ didn't want Paula to go had nothing to do with the fact that Nicole would have been upset. I think Nicole would have been fine because I think it would be like he's moving the fuck on, which means he's going to leave me the fuck alone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think he tells Paula, you can't fucking come with me because he's still giving that one more hope, that one more chance. Yeah, I got this. He goes there. Nicole hasn't saved him a seat. There's no, OJ, how are you, baby? And I think it pisses him off. And he does. He sits there and he's and he seethes and he's pissed off. And when he's around his kids, he's like 
dad's on and mm-hmm. he's smiling and he's laughing with the parents, like, you know, with uh, Nicole's parents and everything. But he's secretly pissed. And my thought is after the recital, they all walk outside and OJ says to Nicole, oh, you guys going to dinner? Can I come? And she probably says, no, OJ, I don't think it's a good idea. You like you have your trip, whatever. And OJ is like, why can't I come to dinner? And she's like, I just don't think it's good. I'm going to spend time with my family. You have a nice night. And they split, which is perfectly okay yeah. to do. Yeah. I think OJ starts thinking about Nicole and all of that shit. Like, if you go back to the whole relationship with Keith mm-hmm. and the inappropriate, like, walking in and being like, you can't have sex in your house when our kids are there which is not appropriate. Mentioning that I, hey, I, I, I impromptu stop by your house for whatever reason and I happened to walk past your window and saw you like mid-coitus mm-hmm. probably isn't great because the kids could come down. That might just be a suggestion, but probably not handled that way. In fact, we know it wasn't handled that way. He literally came and screamed at her yeah. about it. Yeah, I think OJ went home and Kato was there. And Kato was like, how was the recital? And OJ is like, this fucker is here because he's friends with Nicole. And I'm doing Nicole this solid and he lives here. And she wouldn't fucking let me go to dinner. And they seethe and they just, and he's like, I'm leaving to get on a plane at 11.45. Like I will be gone at 11 p.m. I will be gone. I have between now and then to make this plan happen. So he waits. He gets all this shit together he puts it in the bronco while he's driving around making his phone calls he comes back he goes and gets kato and they go get dinner because he's hoping that kato who let's be honest was probably a little like hi mm-hmm. you know he yeah, which is yeah. fine no no judgment my feeling is that he was like kato's not gonna have a sense of time right and the thing that you don't realize about high people if they do it long enough they're very functioning so they'll, mm-hmm. they might actually remember the time. Yeah. And they go and they get their McDonald's and they come back and OJ's eating in the car. Kato has told us this. OJ eats in the car. OJ admitted that he ate in the car. So there's no reason for OJ to have to like go back up to his room and spend time and eat. Right. None of that. So Kato goes to his room. OJ leaves. He goes over And he's going up to Nicole's house either to scare the shit out of her or to actually kill her. And he gets there and he he walks through the back gate and he sees the candles lit. Mind you, they talk about all of the candles lit. There were nine candles lit, people. That's not that many candles. As a woman who has had self-care nights where I've done exactly what Nicole has done, which is light. Totally. More than nine candles eaten a bowl of ice cream Mm -hmm. and gotten in a bathtub. I have eaten ice cream in a bathtub. Mm -hmm. A lot of, a lot of people right now are like, Ooh, that sounds fantastic because it's nice and relaxing and refreshing. And you want that. She wasn't expecting Ron to come over for a rendezvous. No, my theory is he was, you're not even going to knock on the door. He was going to place the glasses on the step and that Nicole was going to grab him later. Mm-hmm. And then OJ walks through the back door or the back gate. He's seething because he sees the candles. He's like, she's going to, that's why she didn't want me to come because there was going to be a dude. Ron Goldman walks up and sees OJ standing there with the knit cap on, the gloves and a knife in his hand. And he's like, the fuck? He starts yelling. Nicole had just run a bath. I don't know about you, but I have had to answer the door before because someone is knocking and I've been naked. Mm -hmm. What is the first thing you go for? The easiest to clothe yourself entirely, which would be a dress. 
Right. So Nicole reaches down, grabs a dress, throws it on, and runs outside to see what the fuck is going on before it wakes her kids up. Mm-hmm. OJ and Ron are yelling at each other. Nicole is like, the fuck is happening? OJ, get the fuck out of here. And OJ Simpson starts stabbing her in the head, the neck, all of that. We know how he murdered her. He stabbed her so many times and... Then she falls down. Ron attacks him to protect her. The glove comes off. People ask, like, well, if the glove came off in the fight, why would it not be turned inside out? Not if Ron grabbed his hand and it pulled it off. Right. Mm -hmm. If he grabbed fingers and pulled it, it wouldn't turn inside out. Also, with all the blood on his hand, it probably was slippery. Just saying. It falls down. He attacks Ron. He cuts himself. Ron falls into the gate. His hand is banging against, which is why he gets the bruises. It's not actually from punching OJ. He goes over. He picks up Nicole's head and he slices her throat. And then he goes over and he does the same thing to Ron Goldman. He fucking walks away, leaving the knit cap, the glove, and a trail of blood out. He goes back to his house. He climbs over the fence. He bangs into Cato's room. I think the glove was probably in his pocket at this point in time. The glove falls onto the ground. OJ doesn't realize it's missing. He gets up to his room. He knows the limo guy is here. This is the part that he's not, he didn't, you know, think through is the limo driver's here. So he's rushed. He leaves his socks. I don't think he meant to leave his socks. I think he took the socks off and probably thought he threw them in the black bag. He goes and searches with Cato. They can't find it. He won't let the limo driver take that bag. He keeps the bag with them. He walks into LAX. He sets the the bag in the trash can. The murder weapon of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Ronald Goldman is in a landfill in LA yeah. somewhere. I think you hit the nail on the head with it. I really do. And he flies off to Chicago and thinks, I've gotten away with murder. And he technically did. Everyone thinks he's done it, but that is my theory. No, I... I feel like that's really spot on. That's really spot on. That's pretty much what I think, too. And I think a lot of people, because it's one of those theories that just makes the most sense. And because of the history of abuse and the history of him yelling and coming over and acting a fucking fool after they split, like, that would make complete sense. So, yes. I am team that theory. (laughs) You have to think about the fact that he had that like that disguise kit Mm -hmm. and he had a ticket like he was he had a ticket from Mexico, I think, to like Puerto Rico to a country that doesn't extradite. He was leaving like June 18th from an airport in Mexico. And I think what honest to God, I think what happened is I think one of the truths in OJ's book is he had planned to run Mm -hmm. by himself. I don't think he ever was going to have AC involved. I think AC was there and he was like, okay, he drives around. He has the gun as backup in case he gets caught. He can do the whole I'm going to kill myself thing, which he did. And I think he wasn't expecting people to talk shit about him. No. As fast as they did. And Gilgar said he got on there and was like, OJ Simpson is a fugitive. He's running because he killed his ex-wife and that pissed him off. We see that with the Vegas thing. OJ doesn't think he has, like, he's like, that shit was mine. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go get it. Even though he's the one who sold it off. Right. So I just, I think he was planning on running and I just, I think he thought, fuck it. I'm going to go back. Mm-hmm. Just one more time. I'm going to like set the record straight because he's too much of a narcissist to walk away when people are calling him 
Mm-hmm. Bad names. Yep. That's my theory on OJ Simpson. Whew. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. So, wow. If you're a patron, we are, we, there's one more episode that will be this month on the last day of the month mm-hmm. that is OJ Simpson related. I know we don't ever tell you ahead of time, but like, this is set in stone. <laughs> yeah. This one, we were like, we're going to do this for a Patreon yes. episode because it was either that or we we're going to have 9 million episodes. So we don't need that in our lives. No, no. Because spooky season <gasps> is coming up and we had to fucking finish this shit before spooky season got here, people. Oh my gosh. Yes. There is so many great things. I am so excited. We have some fun topics and other fun surprises. That's all I will say. I won't spoil anything. But yes, Jess and I are so fucking pumped. So with that, we are done. We have wrapped. We're wrapping it up and we will see you back here on Monday for another episode. Unless you're a patron, we'll see you back here on Saturday. Toodles, noodles. Bye. Bye.